Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. The crescendo of spring is over and now the long, hazy summer days are here. Colour is the name of the game, whether in our blossoming borders, cute containers or walls of riotous roses. The climax of the gardening year has begun. The hum of mowers, smell of suntan lotion and sight of hoeing is all but too common on Saul and my estate gardens. Keeping everything looking lovely whilst balancing the time we have to spend on the plethora of jobs is one of the fine arts of any head gardener's role. But remember to take some time out to enjoy your efforts. Every week, Lucy and I will endeavour to bring you into our world throughout the summer, whether at Stonelands or East Donland Hall, in our own modest gardens packed full of fruit and veg and the odd exotic jungle, or on the road as we travel the country, enjoying the best this industry has to offer. So, settle back for another episode of Hijinks and Horticultural Waffle, as we take you inside the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. Well, hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Talking Heads podcast. I am sitting in my living room at home. No Lucy uh, for this episode. Uh, I'm on a solo mission today. Uh, I'm giving her time to relax and and recuperate from all her accolades she received at uh, Gardener's World Live Autumn Fair at Audley. She's still on quite a high from receiving that best in show, but... I'm at home for the first time, properly at home all day, hopefully, uh, for the first time in about three weeks, because I've been a very busy man (laughs) jetting up and down the country. I seem to have seen more hotel rooms in the past three weeks than I've seen in the last three years. Uh, And I tell you what, hotel rooms are changing significantly and not for the better. Anyway, uh, this isn't a hotel review programme. I'm actually at home because I thought this would be a lovely time to go and take a look out in the garden. We're mid-September-ish now and this is the zenith, the height of the growth in my exotic tropical uh, looking garden. Uh, Everything is lush and green and there are flowers all over the place. I thought it'd be nice just to have a little wander through, see what's flowering, give you a few highlights of, of what's going on and talk about generally how the year's been in my own garden. But I'm sitting in the living room because it's actually raining <laughs> outside. We will go outside in a bit. Actually, the rain's not too bad in my uh, garden because that's the kind of look that you want in an exotic garden, that sort of rainforest look. The rain comes, makes everything glisten. Little water droplets sit on the leaves and uh, it all looks very lush out there. So we'll go out in a second, hopefully when the rain's cooled down a bit or I'll just go and hide in my greenhouse and sort of talk from there. But uh, standing sitting in my living room is not too bad when it comes to jungle plants. I'm just looking at my Swiss cheese plant, Monstera Delicioso, over in the corner. It's now, what, 10 foot, 10, 11 foot high? It's got some pretty big leaves and a new spike is just coming. I'm actually finding it a problem because I need to repot it. It's been sitting in its pot now for must be a good six, seven years. And I know the compost in there is completely spent and it needs more and more water to keep it looking fresh. So at some point I'm going to have to bite the bullet on that one, probably next spring, and actually repot it. I have no idea how I'm going to do that. It's going to require some serious engineering firstly to get it out of the pot and then into another pot but we'll have that fun and fair uh, next year and also I'm just looking over all my orchids if you didn't know as well as exotic plants I'm a big orchid nut big fan in fact I've got a 
Devon Orchid Society meeting tomorrow and I'm just looking over them and I've got a little bit of a mealybug problem at the moment which I need to address so I need to take some of these outside and give them a bit of a wash down uh, clean up and hopefully that mealybug problem will not persist for too long actually the rain is quite a nice time to take them outside I've been placing them outside when the rain comes this year and I think that's done them the world of good they're looking a lot fresher this year than they did obviously last year with no rain for a good three months so they're happy bunnies right shall we go and brave outside I don't think the rain is gonna subside anytime soon but let's do it let's do it a little bit of rain sound effects coming up um let's go over to my patio door stick my shoes on let's open that up and hopefully you can already hear the rain nice thing is about my bungalow is that i've got quite a nice uh roof line which actually keeps me quite dry so i might stand here for a few seconds because i can see a lot of plants i'm eye eye level with a few bananas at the moment but um yeah god everything is growing really well let's yeah some general observations first uh how has this year gone for my garden well firstly much better than last year but i think that was the same for a lot of people um it's been an interesting year as anyone growing in the uk will know we've had uh, uh drought we've had a lot of rain we've had miserable summer and then we've had quite an intense end uh of to summer a lot of high temperatures humidity so the plants have gone through a range of uh, conditions this year and actually they're not looking too bad from it some have really prospered i gotta say my ginger collection which is quite significant oh look there's a caterpillar on that one oi what are you doing stop eating that we're going to check him out in a second um the ginger collection is actually done really well i've had at least 15 varieties flower already if you follow me on twitter hashtag ginger season has been going on i've got a few more to picture up tonight um which we will see but yeah in general things are good the bananas have come back quite well from the winter uh, Bazju is looking really good sycamensis is not as good as last year i think it struggled to get off and a lot of the initial leaves were quite small but actually the leaves are getting larger as the season goes on it may be a bit late now for it to put on its really big leaves that i had for the last two years but hopefully that will see it through another winter we'll have to see how it goes right should we go out and brave the weather i'm not sure my microphone is waterproof but we'll see if you hear a, a static sound you'll know that it's uh, it's the the rain on the microphone right let's see what we've got down here shall we well hedicium spicatum is just sort of going over finishing flying quite a a, a light uh, flowered ginger very open very filigree as they're saying oh look there's a slug let's get him off we don't want you on there son off he comes throw him away over there you can bother the bamboos um so that's quite a beautiful thing and uh, we've got another ginger over here that's flowering which is a, one that i have got from uh, julian sutton at desirable plants and it was um labeled lunar moth i'm absolutely positive it's not lunar moth and i know that sounds like oh i wish they would sell us what we knew but i actually quite get excited by things that i don't know what they are so this is one i'm gonna have to do a little bit of detective work go and look at the books look at some pictures i've also got a friend that's growing something i think that looks very similar i'm just waiting for his to flower so that i can uh, so that i can compare 
gingers are in their sort of midway bit at the moment. We've had all the Densiflorums flower. They look fantastic. Really good looking, very dense flower heads, as the specific epithet says. Uh, but they're all over now, or most of them are over. There's still another flower on the Assam orange, but things like Sorung and Stephen and all those have already gone over. Um, they're really good-looking gingers, but they do lack one quality, which I love in gingers, which is the scent. I just love ginger scent. And what's great is this mid-September time is when all the coronarium type gingers those hybrids with coronarium or gardenerianum all come out and they have the most intense heady scent so those are the ones that are dominating at the moment so this lunar moth i'm just going to give it a sniff that's part of the uh, detective process oh god that's like vanilla vanilla ice cream absolutely gorgeous and just down here we also have a ginger that I probably hark on about a bit too much and that's Devon cream the best ginger the best ginger you can get in my opinion right I'm going to hide underneath the roof line again oh that's better not getting so let's give this one a sniff oh so that's not vanilla ice cream that is like uh, shampoo in the 80s <laughs> it's so intensely fragranced but absolutely beautiful and if it was a nice warm humid day that scent would be percolating throughout the whole of the garden absolutely beautiful um let's get away from the gingers because right next to devon cream i can spot the weird and wonderful canna cleopatra anyone who grows cleopatra will know that this is a canna of uh, two sides it's like a split personality it either has lovely yellow flowers with freckled red or it has red flowers, and occasionally the both combine in what I call a weird chimera of a plant. Uh, it has both red and the yellow on the same petal, which gives it that split personality. It also has lovely markings on the leaves, dark sort of burgundy brown markings that go up the leaves. A very good uh, doer of a canna if you want one. I've also had a manii in flower, cross a manii with its salmon pink flowers. I believe I've got Durban flowering down the end of the garden. I'll brave the end of the garden hopefully when this rain shower has gone off. I tell you what, I'm going to go and slip into the greenhouse. Let's do that. That's going to be drier. Let's open this up. Right, that's better. Probably a bit of a change of acoustics as well. But I'm in my greenhouse, and uh, I'm not going to lie, it's a mess. <laughs> it is full of stuff that I've collected through the year. What tends to happen through summer is when I don't, right, I'm doing a bit of weeding as we talk, I tend to collect all these plants, and they tend to work their way into the greenhouse, which means that I've got to actually get on with them and pot them on or see what's going on. Um, got some nice new aeoniums this year. We've got Medusa. Uh, that's uh, that's one of these more fashionable aeoniums that's going about with the sort of purple and sort of light green variegated leaves. Very popular, very Instagrammable. Uh, I also just got a really good aeonium from Picton Nurseries. I went up to, um, is it Old Court Nurseries and Picton Garden? That's it, just on the other side of the Malvern Hills owned uh by the picton family helen up there and her husband ross are the main people but they have uh, other people working there and i picked up aeonium big bang 
which is in, I think it's, it must be a relative of the Super Bang, which was a very popular Aeonium. This one's got a split personality as well, and it's got the purple and the green sort of leaves that are split as it goes. It'll be interesting to see as that gets bigger, how that grows. Um, I've also got a big version of, uh, what's this, Aeonium uh, Arboreum, question mark. I think that one's from Bob Mayen. Um, that is a big old plant, but needs a new pot. This is one of the problems that I have uh, in that I collect a load of plants and I have about as much time in my own garden as I have to do everything else in my life. And that is very, just nothing. I don't have time to come out and actually do stuff. So those who listen to the podcast regularly will know that I regularly say that my garden's not a garden. It's just a collection of plants. And it really is looking that way at the moment. But I'm going to get out here later today because I believe the rain is going to subside and I'm actually going to try and give everything a little bit of TLC there's a few weeds that I need to get through a lot of epilobiums that have grown I don't want those to seed and start spreading all over the place I did get a very interesting Ipomoea early in the year Ipomoea is morning glory lots of people will know it especially if you live uh, abroad in more of the sort of subtropical climes Ipomoea can be actually quite a thug in some places this is Ipomoea mauritania What's really nice about this one is, firstly, it's a true perennial, so I can cut this back, and hopefully it will grow for me throughout the season. But it's also incredibly vigorous, so I want to send this one up the back of my greenhouse to give it a sort of nice green background. It also has a really interesting leaf. Most of the morning glories that we grow in this country, these sort of more annual types, have sort of a whole leaf. This one has a very palmate leaf, which sort of suits my aesthetic. I do like palmate leaves, as you all know couple more gingers in here. What else have we got? Oh, fuchsia boliviana is starting to flower. That's uh, one of these subtropical fuchsias with a very long red or white flowers and also the edible berries. I've gone on about those before. Anything else flowering? Oh, the aloe polyphyllas all looking good. There's a nice aloe as well there. That's all growing really nicely, but nothing much more of interest in there flower-wise that I can see. I'm trying to stall going back out of the rain but i don't think i can right let's get back out there and see what's going on out here um i'm doing much better on passion flowers this year um those of you who live in devon or nearby should go and visit Stephen dawn up at the devon sort of tropical garden just outside yellen just outside biddeford in that north devon direction he grows so many passion flowers and he's been very generous over the years of supplying with me that me with them it's not something i grow habitually it's not something i have a big fascination with but I've now i've got a sort of 10 and they're really starting to take off i i really feel that they need a couple of years to get their roots down into either the pots or the ground before they really start putting on a lot of top growth but now they're starting to grow i've had a few in flower feta confetta i've had for a few years got a little one here i'm just waiting to flower let's see what does that say on the label pura vida that is just about to flower that will go up on twitter at some point so yeah passion flowers doing reasonably well oh what's this little chap i'm faced with a ginger that i haven't seen flowering before Hedicium aureum naga dwarf. Naga dwarf, and it is dwarf. That is the smallest ginger I've ever seen flowering. It's about half an inch. We'll get a photo to put onto Twitter. Salvias. 
salvias are something I'm collecting a, a bit more, just to give a bit more flair. The tropical garden is, in essence, a foliage garden, uh, and most of what I grow is foliage related, whether it's the big paddle leaves of the banana, the, the palmate leaves of the brassiaopsis, or this sort of corrugated leaves of the impatiens and, and various other weird and wonderful plants but I really would like to get just a little bit more colour or at least that's what my partner would like just a bit more colour in the garden so I've been collecting a few salvias right in front of me is salvia confertiflora um, which is a woodier salvia it's a good six foot now probably need to give this a bit of a trim get some cutting material out of it but it's put on these lovely it's a foot long the flower very small red flowers red bracts uh, quite a nice red stem and very corrugated leaves. Has that very typical salvia look. Uh, a nice, nice plant. Um, yeah, give that one a bit of a trim. Get some cuttings out of that one. But I've also got a couple more that I got from uh, a good friend of mine at the Devon Hardy Plant Society, Penny Wormsley. Um, I've got salvia discolour, um, which is not hardy, unfortunately, but it has these lovely white stems. Uh, and really interesting, almost black-blue flowers. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting plant to grow for the future. Salvia involucrata hadspun. All these involucrata types, like um, Joan and uh, Amistad and, and some others, you know, they, they all do really well in a in a exotic garden. This one has lovely pink flowers, and, and the bracts are really nice. And then what's this one down here? This one is salvia... Ru is it Rubicola? Nubicola. Um, Nubicola, which has an intense salvia smell. It's please. Oh, geez. That's almost like lemonade. And then these lovely little yellow flowers that are coming out as well. So, yeah, more salvias, I think, for the future, just to add to things. Right, let's head towards the other end of the garden and see what's happening then. The rain is actually starting to drift away. So I think the microphone is going to be safe. It's not going to blow up on me anytime soon. I have on my cortileas down here. So cortileas, one of my earliest flowering gingers, and uh, they're looking pretty, pretty decent. But I've also got lots of seeds. One of the things that I want to do or try this year a little bit more is to grow a few more of these gingers from seed. Uh, I've not tried it before. Um, I've been told it's quite easy uh, if you get it right. So I'm going to come out here with a with a freezer bag, chop some of these flower heads off, and then process the seeds um, and try and flat get those to uh, grow for next year. Give me more plants to sell as well. Um, Brugmansia. So I'm standing next to my what have we got here? About ten Brugmansias. None are in flower, and I would expect all of these to be in flower by now, but. Those of you who have listened to the podcast before, or at least these exotic specials that I do, will know that I lost most of the Brugmansias in last year's intense frost. Or I thought I had, but most of them have grown back from their root uh, plates, uh, and we have nice new stems on them. But lots of vegetative growth and very little in the way of flowering growth, which I kind of expect because they've been putting a lot of energy into trying to regrow. The great thing about this is, is they're at a size where they're not too big for me to be able to manhandle. And I'm going to try a little experiment for next year. I'm going to 
take AirPods. I, some of you may have heard of AirPods. If you haven't, look them up on the internet. But in essence, they're a pot with a lot of holes in the side. And the theory goes that instead of the roots of plants, especially woody plants, sort of circling around the pot, which isn't good for them uh, and, uh, and doesn't do them well, uh, the AirPods uh, air prune the roots as they go through the holes. So basically roots like to be in soil, they don't like to be in air, and when they hit the air they sort of die off, so they sort of get pruned back. And that keeps the vigour of the roots going. Uh, stops the plant from getting pot bound and ensures the health of the plant. Now I've seen this being done with Brugmansias before so I'm going to actually put them all this uh, autumn probably at the start of October into air pots for the winter. They're deciduous so they'll all go dormant in the winter so a small air pot will suit them it'll keep them nice and dry they're not sitting in uh, wet compost for the whole of the winter and the next year I'm actually going to plant them with the air pot in the air pot back into the pots, uh, the larger pots they're in, and see how that how that does. I'm hoping for an increased vigour as they put on more roots because Brugmansia are in Solanaceae, the tomato family, and they're incredibly hungry plants. So to give them fresh compost every year, give them something to get their roots into, I'm hoping will actually do them better. So that's an interesting experiment for next year, or more weeds to be weeded. There goes an ambulance that's telling me that it's an emergency weeding session needs to be done. Right, over the other side, we're, we're on to the more the dry tropics stuff now. So uh, this is my Proteaceae collection just here, actually looking incredibly healthy compared to the start of the year where I thought I'd lost a lot more. And I think I have lost at least one Banksia coccinium, so I'm going to have to try and find a replacement for that which isn't going to be easy because they're not that common anyway most of them are looking pretty healthy uh, lots of new growth uh, have we got any flower buds happening oh yep yep we've got a couple of flower buds happening on protea pink ice which i'm quite happy with i've repotted all of these um this year uh, into an acidic medium that i've been sort of trying i've got a few one of the problems with proteas is they were technically always grown in peat uh, peat was a fantastic medium for proteas because they really hate any phosphate-rich compost, which is most of our composts. Uh, and peat was uh, really stable and nutrient-free and uh, did really well. As we know, we want to be growing things less in peat and more into peat-free mediums. And the problem is, is trying to find one that suits the proteas. So I've been running a little bit of an experiment. I've got about half growing in one mix that I've done using uh, sterilized bark and another in a uh, another peat-free mixture that is used what well, is the byproduct of um, biofuel uh, I haven't quite worked out exactly what it is I've got to say everything's looking quite happy but you never really know till after the winter the winter is the catch-all when it comes to proteas if you can get through the winters okay then you're pretty much sorted for the next year so we'll see we'll see how those go let's keep on heading down um i've literally just got back well not literally last weekend i got back from a very entertaining hardy plant society conference it's the annual lecture day that was up at pershaw college had some fantastic lectures, one by John Grimshaw, who's, um, if you're in the north, you'll know very well as the uh, director of the Yorkshire Arboretum, but also a very, very keen plantsman. And he was telling us all about his uh, home garden. It's always nice to see the home gardens of plants people. really shows 
you what their character is. Sometimes if you see the guns they work in, they've got a lot of other competing uh, interests, uh, especially when it comes to those that are open to the public. But actually going to see what they do in their own gardens is much more interesting. And then in the afternoon, we had a good friend of mine, Stephen Edney, uh, and Bob Brown from Cotswold Garden Plants. Anyone who knows Bob knows he... Uh, he's what's the word? He he, he likes to discuss plants robustly. Let's <laughs> talk. Let's say that uh, he's quite entertaining with his opinions. Uh, uh, but he's been growing for a good forty, fifty years, so he's entitled to to know what he knows. Anyway, um, the point of me telling you that was that on the way up, I went to one of my favourite nurseries in the UK, Pan Global Plants, just on the outskirts of Bristol, just north of Bristol. And uh, that's owned by incredible plantsman and, and plant hunter called Nick Mesa, who goes around the world looking for new plants. Luckily, he also has an obsession for gingers, a bit like me. So I've, well, the problem with going to nurseries is you want to have a look at the plants, but then you want them, don't you? So I've come away with six new gingers, which um, means I need to find some more room for them. Anyway. What have we got here? We've got um, Velosum vartaniafolium. We've got a, a Stenopetalum zyadum. I've probably pronounced that really badly. Uh, what's down here? That's uh, Densiflora Stephen. We've got, oh yes, this is interesting. I've got a Maximum, which is one of the best gingers. A huge flower. Um, this is a Keith Rushforth collection from Vietnam. Uh, Keith was a, a, a big plant hunter went all around the world generally with people like nick uh dick fulcher and the guys from krieg plants so collecting all these plants oh something's caught my eye let's go over there oh my god look at that this is uh, another favorite <laughs> they're all favorites as you can imagine this is hedicium corellii uh i'm to stick my nose in because i know this has scent oh that's so that's like lemon so we've had vanilla ice cream 80 shampoo and lemon sherbet. Oh, that is, I'm just going to oh, That is superb, even on a rainy day. A little bit of heat and that will really start going. Oh, dear. Got a plant, plant trying to commit Harry Carry here. Oh, what's gone on? Right, let's get him back up. Uh, this is ex Buckelandia. Oh, another ambulance. Emergency. Get the plants back up. Uh, ex Buckelandia has taken a tumble. Um, it's not a very well-known tree, ex Buckelandia, but I think it should be. It's got quite succulent uh, leaves, very ovoid in their look. Really interesting plant. Has um, these sort of paddle-like uh, buds, rather than sort of the traditional conal buds or those fat buds that you see on many trees. This is sort of has little paddles. A bit like um, Liriodendron, if you know Liriodendron. Uh, the new leaves sort of come out of these sort of paddle-like buds. A really interesting tree, not one you're going to find around too much. There's a really good mature one at Lamoran Gardens down in Cornwall, if you're ever in the St Moore's direction. Ooh, something's flowering here, or it's going to flower. Thrysofolium, that hasn't flowered for me for a couple of years. That's going to be fantastic. A couple of plants that haven't done so well. Let's go on to these. We're talking about all the nice things. Um, greeny eye and wardy eye, two of my favourite species. They're all favourites. Um, uh, they actually suffered quite badly during the winter of last year. Having said that, they're all growing, which is all I need. They're not died, which is the main thing. But the growth on them is pretty weak this year. 
and they're meant to be flowering about now so I doubt I'm going to get any flower but the good thing is and, and if you grow gingers this is the key look down at the rhizome now and if you see new growth that means it's pretty healthy and it's starting to expand the rhizome the health with gingers all comes from the rhizome so having a healthy strong big rhizome means healthy and strong plants funny enough so check that out and make sure that it's growing well um, past the aloe striatulum i don't think that's aloe anymore is it it's got another name that is growing quite well and we'll head back towards the other side of the garden again and see what else is going on I've got some house plants out here so um, I stick all most of my house plants apart from that Swiss cheese plant from earlier out into the garden because I believe that they do quite well during the summer they like uh, the rain showers they always look fresh and glorious when they come back in they've all had a, a nice holiday outside but now the temperatures are starting to fall away we got down to about 10 degrees a couple of days ago and that 10 degree uh, limit is always my alarm call for time to sort out the, the garden or at least start thinking about bringing things in uh, starting to get things ready for the winter so my jade plants um, my crassula vatas will all be coming in i've got a couple of easter cactus that need to come in all the cactuses that are out here at the moment which have had a lovely summer actually i must say i was thinking that the dull summer might not do them so well but i actually think the extra rain has given them a a, a nice uh, flush of new growth but they'll all be coming inside either this week or next week before the temperatures really start to fade away in the autumn um, and in fact, I'm starting to really think about winter now. I was on the internet last night looking up uh, protection for the plants, uh, potting arrangements that I'm going to be doing, and also trying to make sure that all my heaters and my electronic gizmos that measure temperature are all uh, ready to go for this year. There's nothing worse than things failing on you at the first sign of frost and you rushing about trying to cover things. It did happen to me last year, so I've, uh, this is a word to the wise. Uh, one of my polytunnels, the heater failed, uh, or the, at least the plug fuse failed on it, and uh, it was minus two overnight, and that's when I did actually get a lot of damage. Uh, so those things are things to check now. Go out uh, this weekend, next weekend, and check all your uh, greenhouses and uh, anything you're going to be using over winter to make sure that they are well maintained and ready to go. Anyway, right, the rain has sort of, it's still a bit uh, drizzly, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it there. Spend the rest of the day out here getting things ready, taking a few photos, which I'll stick up onto the social media tonight. But uh, hopefully you're all still enjoy your garden. We've got a few more weeks of September and hopefully the start of October will still be generally quite nice uh, until we slip into the, the cooler and darker days of winter. Otherwise, enjoy your garden. Enjoy its last vestiges. If you've got a bit of tropicalness going on, well done. If you haven't, there's always next year. And uh, me and Lucy will return to the Talking Heads podcast next week. That brings us to the end of today's episode. We hope you enjoyed listening and look forward to you joining us again for the next instalment. If you'd like to contact myself or Saul, 
we're free to chat on our social media platforms. I'm on Instagram at headgardenerlc, and you can find Saul on Twitter at GardeningSaul. Any review you'd like to leave us via your podcast provider would be gratefully received. Long summer days are the high point of any gardener's life, as we'll spend all the hours of the day enjoying our outside spaces and the plants that bring us so much joy. Gardening at this time of year is such a great pleasure, and we hope to keep sharing this all summer long. And so, until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! Goodbye!